Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Northern Ireland's planning system is failing to deliver for the economy, the communities, the environment. This is according to the Audit Office's latest report. It looks at how the system has worked since 2015 when most planning functions were transferred, as you may remember, from central government to local councils. There is a report that's out today and it found important planning applications were taking too long to process. Its authors said it posed a cultural and practical challenge. The Auditor General, Kieran Donnelly, said the planning system in Northern Ireland is not currently operating as one system. Rather, there's a series of organisations that are not interacting well and not delivering an efficient service. It more or less found that three quarters of regionally significant and major applications, as they're described, between 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, were completed within, they weren't, this is important, weren't completed within the target time of 30 weeks. That's three quarters of them not meeting the target time. And more than a half were taking over a year to process. 19%, that's about a fifth, had taken more than three years and it was acknowledged the system was under significant pressure with around 12,500 applications processed every year. Excuse me, since 2015. Now, I want to speak to uh, Councillor Carl McLean from the Ulster Unionist down in Bangor. Uh, Carl, good morning. Good morning, Adrian. How are you? Uh, I'm very, very well. Thanks for joining us on the the programme. Carl, how's this impacting in your area? Um, it, 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 well, we have a particular major development uh, that's, that's causing uh, huge consternation in Bangor. You'll, you'll know when people and councillors have been on to talk about it before. Uh, it's the Queen's Parade development. Now, that's laying, that area has lain down like, for over 20 years. So all of my sort of, you know, childhood and, and adulthood, I've, I've seen that as a, as a bit of a derelict wasteland. There have been a number of planning applications that have come forward to try and, 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 and address that. And, and the most recent one has stalled and, and has been basically delayed uh, more than a year after the Council Planning Committee gave full approval to what was a, a £50 million major development, which would have completely transformed uh, Bangor and, and the Seafront and the whole North Down area. Um, and, and as you said in, in your um, in, in your build-up there, it's, it's really about how the various departments and various stakeholders within that planning system actually make decisions. And as, you know, as people recognise in Northern Ireland PLC and Northern Ireland government as a whole, there's a lot of siloed thinking. There's a lot of people who don't regard themselves as genuine stakeholders and are, who are really trying to work together hurriedly to try and get something through so we can get these wonderful developments that would really transform an area. Um, as I say, we submitted um, a, a development, and I can go into the details of it, 
but we, we, we let the planning authority know, which is the, the DFI instalment, that we had approved this on the 26th of January, 50 million development. There have been some uh, concerns from one aspect of, of DFI about potential flooding from a, a lake a few miles away. We addressed that fully in the report, but we were asked to actually cease making a decision um, on the 17th of February, and we expected that, and those sort of decisions are supposed to be made within two or three weeks. While the minister decides what she wants to do, you know, she could have said, off you go, council, you can make that call. She could say, you can, you can make the decision, but here are some extra conditions. Or she could say, I'm calling this in and deciding it myself. Now, she's only supposed to do that in cases where it's a, a regionally significant development. This is a, a major development, but it's very specific to the Bangor and the local area. Um, so really what we're saying is that she should have allowed council to, or should have agreed that the council planning committee was right to make that decision and has the right to make a decision. But what we've now got, uh, Frank, is that we've had more than 12 months now of, of a developer being in limbo with, with absolutely no progress made because simply a decision has not been made. And you, you cannot say Northern Ireland is open for inward investment and, and pro-business and pro-development and all of this good stuff if, you, if that's how you treat a major development, you know, when people are putting their, their, their finances on the line to make huge investments in a local area, and this was a, a person with a local connection to Bangor who was really passionate about the local area, and we've got nothing for 12 months because the decision simply hasn't been made and we've just been stuck in limbo, bending over backwards, and we're, we're, we're really begging the, the minister to make a decision and, and let us decide that application. But can the minister herself, as in Nicola Mallon, can she rubber stamp something that makes this happen? Or is there a glar in the system on the way up to her? She, she is the minister. She has responsibility. She, she can make that happen. Um, it, is, it is her decision to make. Uh, there's nothing that we know of that is preventing her from doing that. Including, the, including the threat of flooding. Has that been eradicated? The threat of flooding was identified after the, this is the really interesting bit, an almost identical development was agreed in 2015 and the Rivers Agency had no issue at all with that or any any particular flooding. What happened was then that they updated their, their guidance in about spring of 2015, just before we approved that in July of 2015, and they added a few extra concerns and safeguards around what they consider to be reservoirs, which can include a big lake. When they talked about potential flooding, it was theoretical flooding. It was, it was something that was fully considered in our report. We're not blasé uh, about you know, the town centre being flooded, but if that was really a major or significant concern, um, the government should have stepped in in the last six years rather than let all of the thousands of people who live along that apparent floodplain to be in danger. But not a thing's been done. And in fact, the planning permission for the original 2015 development, which, as I say, was almost identical, that only expired uh, a, a matter of weeks ago. So there's really, you know, that has been, uh, and, and indeed the, even the planners themselves invested time to look at the, the, the drawings and the modelling of flood risks and the, um, and, and the Rivers Agency accepted that actually they were, they'd overstated it, that it wasn't correct, but they still had theoretical concerns and issues. But this is the kind of issue I'm talking about that they are looking at with a very sole focus on one particular issue. They're not looking at the big picture and our planning committee, who are, you know, who are advised by our planning officers, who are experts with a career and all of this stuff, have said, we've checked this, we don't see there being a danger, and, and, and these risks have to be balanced with the massive economic benefit and social benefit that a 50 million investment is going to bring in Bangor Town. So most planning functions, of course, were transferred from central government to local councils, but the departments for some of the bigger issues, they've got to make the final decision. 
That's right. When, when planning officers are, are considering an application, they've got to ask various stakeholders, some of whom would be in the, the DFI, like the road service, you know, uh, to check that we're okay from a traffic perspective, rivers to check we're okay from a flooding or a sewerage perspective. There's various stakeholders that have to be consulted, and that's entirely proper. The issue here is that one of them said, no, do not pass go, and then the minister has sort of triggered this do not pass go clause where we can't make a decision. And do you know what? That's absolutely fine if it's done within a timely manner. Those sort of safeguards are not an issue. The issue is that you cannot sit on something like this for more than two or three weeks, let alone a year. That's the bit that just isn't working. And that's because, again, people are not seeing the big picture and pulling together to try and get these sort of developments ahead. So I have no issue with that sort of consultation. We don't just want to go hell for leather and, and put up things which are going to fall down or, or, or worsen the area. But there, if, if we're going to involve stakeholders, there has to be collective responsibility. And in this case, as with you know Northern Ireland government as a whole, there's too much siloed thinking. There's too much, well, it's not really my problem. If it doesn't go ahead, no big, no great shakes, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on and we'll consider the next thing. So it's really just imploring the minister who has the power to say, she can make the call to say, indeed, council were able and on the right and have the right in this particular case and with this particular development to go ahead and approve it. And the minute she does, we will approve it and the developers can go ahead. But it's, it's just, it's not fair to the developers and it's not fair to the, to, to the local people to have things in limbo like this. And planning has been held up in a number of areas, not just from ministerial level with the Department of Infrastructure, but even at a more local level, planning generally seems to be quite bogged down. Yes, it was, and various uh, councils are having greater or, or lesser success at, at dealing with that. I think there was a, a steep learning curve, particularly for, for councillors, to sort of learn the planning laws and what they're allowed and not allowed to do. Um, I, I can't speak for other councils. We are certainly clearing our backlog. I think we'd like to get stuff done quicker than we can. In this particular case, uh, we had a, this was a, a submitted to us, um, and it took about a year for us to get that process now. That sounds like a long time. It's not a long time in Northern Ireland planning. And in fact, we, 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 we hugely prioritized it because of the importance of it. So, you know, for a 50 million development, I think developers can, can, can live with, with a year where there's a bit of back and forward to refine plans, get everybody on board and happy, and then get, you know, shovels in the ground in the next following months. But you can't have a situation where, you know, it's going to take three, four years before you can even do that. I've been asking this question since I started on this radio station over 15 years ago, and I've been asking it indeed as a features reporter on UTV before that, on UTV Life and UTV Live. And I'll ask it again. Do you think Bangor will ever be sorted out? Uh, I do. Um, I, I, I do. Um, I'm glad that it's private money sorting it out and not Northern Ireland government trying to sort it out. But we have to make it easier for, for people to do that. Um, I mean, this particular development was welcomed by pretty much everybody. You know, it got unanimous support from people all across the borough. You know, in adjacent borough, in adjacent DEAs like mine, and I would do Hollywood and Clandy Boy just to the to, to the to the the west of it. People down in the peninsula are actually very supportive of this. So, you know, if it if it does not go ahead, if things do not go ahead, it is because of the way we do government in Northern Ireland. It's not because of the the, the merits of this particular case. I am convinced that it will go ahead. We have, and I've spoken to you about this before, a 70 million odd pound development along uh, from the Belfast City Region deal, which is going to transform and hopefully preserve our wonderful coastline. That tied in with this 50 million development and the recent purchase of the flagship centre means Bangor to become an unbelievable place to visit and do business and live and, and work. So that's where we need to get to. Um, 
But in this case, it really isn't down to the lack of enthusiasm or divisions among local politicians. I think every MLA or MP or local councillors or, or residents are, 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 are just sick of having to wait. But I do think it's going to go ahead. But that's unfortunately is not in my power. And that's why I've started a little petition. And I'm asking as many people as possible to sign that. They can get that on, on Facebook, on Twitter, say to the minister, if you have the power to make this call, please make the call and agree that you know the council is allowed to call, to make this decision so that we can move ahead because we, you know we, we cannot test the you know the, the developers do not have an, an infinite amount of time to wait around they'll just move elsewhere and people will start to move and develop and invest in England and Wales and Scotland and the Republic and not enough here and that's just a darn shame. What answer has the minister most recently given you? Uh, n- not not to me. There are, there are discussions I know that are ongoing uh, that I'm not privy to, but as of today, as of you know last week. The council's position was we have not heard and we're still waiting for a decision to be made. So it, it, we've made our case. We've made it perfectly clear, you know, legally and from a planning perspective, why we have the right and we were right to make the decision we did. And we're just asking permission for the minister to, to, to look favourably on it, to prioritise it so we can get going. OK, uh, Councillor, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Councillor uh, Carl McLean from the uh, Ulster Unionist Party, uh, batting for Bangor. Uh, this is the U105 uh, phone-in. Good morning to you. 02890-333-105. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.